Hello, welcome to the Inside Allen Road podcast. It's episode 65. I'm Graham Smith, Chief Football Writer at the Yorkshire Evening Post, and I'm joined, as ever, by Joe Urquhart, uh, one of our Leeds United writers here at the YEP. Last night, we were at Allen Road along with 30,000 other people, uh, to be quite exact. Uh, well, 30,002, if you want to be. Well, we were the two. That was the. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Leeds United went 2 0 down. Marcelo Bielsa made a masterstroke, uh, introducing three first-team regulars at half-time. Leeds came roaring back, uh, almost won it, but had to settle for a 2-2 draw and a penalty shootout in which they were defeated 5-4. Some really good penalties in there by Stoke City, who they thumped 3-0, and that was a thumping uh, and no mistake in the Championship last weekend. Uh, let's talk first about last night, because it's so fresh in the memory. It didn't feel at full-time or when the penalties finished, it didn't feel like a ground that had just witnessed a home defeat. No, it was a glorious failure, wasn't it? I think that's the best way to sum it up. Um, the battling performance in the second half sort of gave everyone a, a feel-good factor. I think penalties were sort of seen as an added bonus, given that they were 2-0 down at half-time. Um, so, yeah, I think po- plenty of positives to take. Um, first half was maybe a little bit unlucky. I don't think they maybe deserved to go in 2-0 down, but... It's just the way they Stoke took the chances, didn't they? I think you you said actually before the opener that you noticed that the height difference at set pieces and that obviously came to fruition. And then Phillips gets done by Tyrese Campbell, um, and was I think Vokes is claiming it, but I'm not entirely sure if he definitely got touched. So a little lucky I think to go in two 0 down, especially after Enketia's strike. Costa went close as well. Um, and then second half, the three changes made a massive difference, didn't they? And moving Costa <laughs> out of his right wing back position um, really, really gave Leeds the impetus. And I think they were unlucky not to win it in in the second half. Really, it was so entertaining the second half. First half was all right as a spectacle. And it it was a bit underwhelming, really, when they went in 2-0 down. It was a bit like, oh, we didn't really see this coming. And and it's kind of taken the wind out of it. And Leeds are out of this competition now. Um, obviously, Marcel Bielsa had other ideas and um, refused to go out of the competition in that manner. He brings on Ben White, uh, Adam Forshaw, um, and Jack Harrison. And the three of them were absolutely superb. And... They just—they not only lifted the crowd, but the tempo of the game, the intensity, everything just seemed to get better for Leeds all over the park. Uh, ben White, just another Rolls-Royce type display centre-half. It's like Leeds have a playmaker at centre-half in him, a playmaker at defensive centre-mid in Calvin Phillips just ahead of him. And then ahead of them, you have playmakers like Pablo and Click and Forshaw who are making things happen and, and being really good on the ball ahead of them so you, you don't just have steel down the middle of the pitch you have skill and vision down the middle of the pitch and I thought Ben White last night there was one pass where he sent this raking long ball into the box uh, to Costa I think it was who was offside it was just ridiculous like just a ridiculous pass um, and the three that he brought on I thought were magnificent yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, very unlucky for Harrison to miss the penalty, given that he had a lot of joy down Stokes right, especially in that second half, sort of last twenty minutes. Everything was down that side really. Um, he linked up really well with with Burgers and even Davis when he started to bomb on because when they were pushing for that leveler. Um, and I thought generally in the second half it was a very good performance from everyone. Um, Davis, I think actually pr- probably his best performance so far. First 
start at Ellen Road and he's really come on in the 23s and obviously when he first joined he was naturally a left back but he's sort of morphed into that left-sided central central defender that Bielsa can rely on and he's played that very well and he was there was I think second half just after they'd leveled when he he dived at the back post to stop Sam Vokes from tapping home sort of awareness at both ends was really good off especially after that cross in for Costa for the leveler so lots of lots of positives to take and I think everyone sort of left despite losing like you say very positive and felt sort of happy with the evening and didn't just go out with a whimper and like you said be able to decide to make the changes bit of a shame for Shackleton and McCalmont um, maybe just that experience for Stoke sort of maybe overran them in midfield a little bit because there was a lot of space at times for Tom Ince to, to run into so yeah lots, lots of things I think to be yeah you say about. you say everyone was happy and there are lots of positives <laughs> uh, not everyone was happy uh, press conference um, Marcelo Bielsa I think I'd go so far as to say he was Spiky, maybe maybe not spiky, maybe prickly. Um, he wasn't a happy man. Uh, after the penalty defeat, and there were questions that kind of gave him an opportunity to, maybe, draw some positives. Mm-hmm. You know, on the likes of Jack Harrison, and he just didn't didn't play at those questions. Um, he straight batted them, and uh, his really the the top line that came out of the, the press conference was that he was disappointed to leave the cup um, which begs the question why you know why is the the Carabao Cup um, why does the Carabao Cup taste so sweet to Marcelo Bielsa uh, and I, I think <laughs> Tried not um, to want them. I think I think it's I think it's fairly obvious that he uses this competition as a vehicle in which to blood youngsters like he did last night um, six players was it 19 and under in the starting 11 something like that a ridiculous start um, also lets players like Costa and Eddie and Kedia get a start you get 90 minutes and become more ingrained in the Bielsa ways um, and now they don't have that avenue you know and, and that game last night is a world away really from the intensity of under 23's football no matter how Bielsa's under 20, you know, under 23 philosophy is you can't mim- you can't mimic that kind of like not playing against the likes of players they had playing against them last night in a very experienced Stoke side um, so I can understand from that point of view why he wasn't very happy I wonder if maybe uh, he certainly didn't criticise the first half players and he also refused to um, praise the substitutes or take any credit for the substitutions you wonder if he was maybe a little bit underwhelmed with some of the youngsters and the fact that they didn't really take the chance on offer. Yeah, I think, I mean, I wasn't in the post-match, so I'm not really 100% sure on his exact feelings, but it did feel like the first half was a little... I mean, I've never seen him that animated on the touchline. I think that was the most we've seen towards a referee from him, and obviously all three, was it Carlos, Caroga and him, all got booked. Um, And I think Leeds fans were fairly unhappy with the referee at times in the second half, but maybe... Maybe it's just one of them where in the cold light of day and this morning he might reflect and maybe he'll look more positively on, on things. But I think the first half was probably the most disappointing aspect for him because it was the, the chance for, like you say, people to come in, make a sort of name for themselves. But it's easy to forget, isn't it? 30,000 people at Ellen Road um, and McCallumont, you know, full, full debut, Bogart's full debut, Davis's first start, Shackleton's not played in sort of consistently he's obviously struggled uh, struggled for minutes in pre-season with injury so lots of sort of little other maybe aspects to 
the first half that maybe it was just too many changes. I'm not sure, hundred percent, but I don't know. I think there's plenty of positives, and like I say, it's an avenue which he actually said last year when they went out to Preston, which was the reason because obviously you mentioned there under twenty three's football, you just can't replicate that thirty thousand people at Elm Road under the lights, that intensity playing against the likes of. Tommins, Tyrese Campbell, people like that. It's just, no, it's a world away. And the the level at twenty threes, it can be so mixed because some clubs invest really heavily in their academies, some just don't. So it can, from one week to the other, really differ in the quality that you're facing. So I guess that's probably the main reason why. Uh, it was interesting the touchline antics last night. You know, Bielsa obviously, like you said, picked up the yellow card. It all came really in the second half because Stoke were very obviously playing for time. Players going take kind of on a rota system, um, were going down, needing treatment or slowly get back up. It took forever to take any kind of uh, dead ball. And Bielsa was getting more and more and more het up by this and remonstrating with the fourth official. But what I thought was that instead of taking the sting out of the game, Stoke ensured that Ellen Road became an absolute cauldron because the more Bielsa got angry, the more the fans yeah, got angry no, and the louder and louder they got. And... And it just, Stoke must have felt like they were in some kind of a hurricane at times. Um, the noise was unbelievable, the intensity was unbelievable, and it was a Carabao Cup second round tie. Um, <laughs> that in itself surprised me that, that the appetite was there. And the appetite was there for Carabao in the first place. Um, the Bielsa effect. It is the Bielsa effect, isn't it? And probably the fact that they thumped them 3 0 at the weekend, and people thought, and there were some reduced ticket offers, weren't there? And people thought, we might see some goals here. And we'll probably see Enketi and we'll probably see Costa. And of course, those two popped up with goals. Um, it's also easy to forget as well, with the membership and the season tickets the way they are, chance like cup games like that are not meant like a lot of people that don't have gold or silver or even season tickets can actually get tickets for those games. So it is a chance to, to go and watch Leeds. Um Sorry, and I interrupted you. There. You did interrupt the. You <laughs> right and completely flow. interrupted the flow. Um, <laughs> You've been on holiday for two let's, weeks. Let's get let's get back on track. Allowed one. I've hardly missed it. Hardly missed a beat though. Um, I did miss the Wigan game, but the rest, the rest I did manage to see. Um, so what did you miss? Sol Salford. Wasn't here the, for Salford. The joy of Salford of sitting in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> with my laptop. Um, Salford Salford's um, investment on the playing side hasn't been matched by their investment in the infrastructure in terms of press facilities. Of the is six that, press is that, is that fair to say? Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> 100% sort it out, Gary Neville. Um, you miss Wigan. Yeah. Patrick Bamford, two goals, just in case you missed yeah. the result. <laughs> <laughs> so they won that game. Yeah, they did, actually. Yeah. Two goals. Um, early sending off, though. Brentford. You missed Janssen's return. It yeah. was very understated. Yeah, it wasn't really... Pantomime villain. I went and at all. I went and um, met the Brentford team bus, and he walked straight past me. Didn't even say hi. He's, ch- he's changed. Hi, <laughs> um, hey, Pontus. No, no, he's gone. It's interesting, isn't it, that um, that Pontus was one of the big summer talking points, and people couldn't quite yeah. believe that he'd been sold, and wouldn't really swallow the reasons. Yeah, but Ben White's better than Virgil Van Dyke, so well, it's fine. <laughs> BBC Sports Personality of the Year uh, favorite Ben White. Um, has just behind Ben Stokes, I think. He yeah, just <laughs> just in front of Ben Stokes has <laughs> he's removed that question mark over the center center half position, and if him and Cooper can stay fit, you know he he was phenomenal last weekend. Um, 
against Stoke in that three 0 win. Like he, there was a couple of movements. Um, I think the first half was more crucial. There was a sort of a minute, uh, a moment where I forget who it was. It might have been Tyrese Campbell. It might have been someone else. But they were bursting through, and he, sort of his ten yard pace to then he put in a slide and tackle. Didn't just like a lot of defenders would just get up and just hoof it clear and like say right, clear your lines, get organised. But instead, he sort of got to calm himself, realised he was in 10 yards of space, took four touches and then passed it into the midfield and Leeds started a counter-attack. And he's just like, who is this kid? He's 21 he's not played in the Championship before and he's got the balls of steel to do stuff like that. And, and then he, He'll find himself isolated on the flank with a player closing in on him and instead of knocking it out of play to safety, he'll <laughs> let it run through his legs, spin on a sixpence and leave the player for dead. And I'm then not totally the ball. convinced he meant that. <laughs> no. I've watched it a lot, but I think he played it off really well. Mm. So I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think we should absolutely give him the benefit of the doubt. But he looks he looks like the player Leeds claim they were that confident of getting in the yeah. summer. That's the reason why they wanted him um, and they felt they could replace Janssen. The other one I think we should talk about uh, that Leeds fans want to see more and more um, is Eddie and Ketia. Who is, Eddie, Eddie. Who, to be honest, you would be forgiven if you were um, an alien or someone who didn't like football and, and came to the match last night. The way he is greeted, every time he gets the ball or any time he does anything, you would think, this guy is a legend here. There's probably a statue to him. I wonder um, what Patrick Bamford thinks. <laughs> <laughs> Some players have to work a bit harder to... It was amazing, like at Stoke at the weekend, when obviously Stuart Dallas scored two minutes before half time. They're all going, obviously, the away the tunnel is right by the away end, and everyone's gone in, everyone's gone, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Enketia just like lumbers down the sideline and was going, Eddie, Eddie. <laughs> it's like he's, all he's done is sit on the bench for 45 minutes. Yeah, but it's the way in which he's sat on the bench, the intensity with which. He's, he just carries himself in the right way. Like when he came yeah. out, he was like high fiving all the kids that were doing like the flag stuff, and it was mm. just like, this guy's like cool. <laughs> Yeah, it, they've got Leeds have got two very different strikers. Mm. Um, I wonder if Enkedia can unseat Bamford. At the minute, it's the perfect scenario for Leeds. You have two strikers scoring goals, neither of which can really afford to stop scoring goals because if Bamford stops scoring, Enkedia comes yeah. in, you would imagine. If Enkedia doesn't score in his cameos or doesn't impress in his cameos, he's got no chance of getting, getting in the starting lineup in the Championship. So... Really, Bielsa is sitting pretty here with these these two players kind of fighting out for the the spot, and they're both playing really well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's what three goals and four shots for Enketia, and he made Jack Butland look like an idiot. And he last night, I know Butland's clearance, but it fell to him. And then instead of just panic and shoot, he had the sort of awareness to touch it through his legs and then finish. He looks the real deal, doesn't he? And it's his pace over like ten fifteen yards that scares the crap out of defenders. None of them want to get turned by him. There was a couple of instances last night but also at the weekend where he sort of turned his man and immediately just draws a foul and mm. suddenly the centre half's on a yellow card and then they can't do it again and that, that's also another underrated aspect to his game I think but just really impressive since he come in but Bielsa did hint that he might be tempted to try and play them together and get them in the same side how he does that I've no idea because he did have them on together at the end against Brentford I know obviously Bamford wasn't involved, but the movement for that goal was really interesting because Nketiah went to the back post and Bamford sort of sat on the edge of the box mm. and that's sort of really stereotypically how two forwards need to work together. So I thought that was really interesting um, and we'll see, I guess, if Bielsa can manufacture a way in which he can get Nketiah into the starting lineup. Yeah, it would be interesting to see if, if, if they played, if they started together, 
would Bamford drop a bit deeper and be more the link-up man? You would imagine that Eddie would be the one playing off the, the last shoulder. Uh, last night, I just thought, just briefly on him, when a ball is running out for a, a goal kick, it's never really safe because he covers mm. that first 10, 15 yards so quickly. And he's strong. You know, he did draw fouls last night, but there were times when, when he shrugged off the attentions of defenders. He's not just quick, he's strong as well. He can finish. Um, he's He looks like... A great option uh, for Leeds. A uh, bit of a luxury, really, to have on the bench alongside probably the greatest luxury of all, um, Helder Costa. Um, come to Leeds, they said. <laughs> come and be a match winner, they said. Um, or alternatively, um, do your job and play right wing back in the Carabao Cup <laughs> <laughs> against Stoke. That was unusual. Well, when when we saw the team, we just assumed naturally it was three three one three with Shackleton as the right wing back. But as it turned out, it was much more fluid and Shackleton was sort of in the engine room and field playing where Forshaw maybe would and um, Costa was playing much deeper on the right um, yeah it was funny watching him sort of almost it, it's almost like putting a leash on him because he, you could see him trying to get forward but the coaching staff on that near side were like no stand on the halfway line and then when we tell you you go and I, I don't know if it was a test or what or whether Bielsa was just like I'm just going to fit as many of these players that need minutes in as possible just funny, funny wasn't it I think he had much, much more joy when, when he was given a bit of free roam in the second half to, to play his natural game. But it was interesting, wasn't it? Who does he come in for, though, at the minute? I mean, you, you, can't, you can't really take Hernandez out, not when he's playing passes that don't exist, like he did at Stoke at the weekend. I mean, he conjured well, up... they do exist. It, well, they, <laughs> they, exist, it. they exist only <laughs> in, in, the mind, in the mind of yeah. Pablo Hernandez. Um, Stuart Dallas knew it was coming. Yeah. That's why he made that run. The right back in the centre forward position. That was one of those double take moments where Pablo plays the pass and you think, "Good grief, that's a good pass." I think, yeah. When Who's that on the end of it? Yeah, oh, it's just the right back. It literally happened in the press box. Everyone turned around like, "Did Stuart Dallas actually score that goal?" Like yeah. everyone was like double checking before they tweeted, saying, "Yeah, Dallas was the was the one that got an end of that." Really odd. I don't know who he comes for. I think the answer is he doesn't at the moment. Harrison started so well that I don't think you can drop him. Hernandez is much more effective on the right, although. As we saw at the weekend, he can play the same sort of hat or maybe have as much impact in the central um, role as, as he, he can do. But Cleek and Forshaw have started as well this season. with And they, they'd be the natural ones that one of you, um, you'd take out because Hernandez would shift into the middle and the cost would go on to the right. What a, what, what a great super sub to have. Yeah, the leads look quite good, as I know they did last season at this stage. And people will you know say, don't get carried away and... We did this last season and, and beware the, the Ides of March and April. However, Leeds could have started the season really badly and they wouldn't be in this position. They've start, you have to give them credit for the, the way in which they've started the season. Um, there are some players in real form. There are players that there's still little bits of question marks over. Um, Jack Clark last night didn't really do himself many favours and isn't getting much of a look in at the minute. That's one to watch, I think. Um, but on the whole... It's been a very positive start to the season. Yeah, and there was a real chance of a hangover there because there's a lot of the same players still here um, from that derby defeat. So that's probably the most impressive thing. They've all just put it out of their mind and gone, right, well, we'll start now and head into the season. Like say, there's a real chance of them being top heading into the international break. And if you said that to any Leeds fan, they'd have been chuffed with that. Very, very quickly then, um, player of the season so far? Oh, bloody hell. I said quickly. You know what, I'm going to go Patrick Bamford. 
good good shot because of the way of all the pressure that of, that came in from pre-season to respond and start scoring some proper central forward goals. Yeah, I think Patrick Bamford. I would say Ben White. Um, oh, see, I should have gone Ben White. You should have gone Ben White, <laughs> but I went Ben White. And if you had gone Ben White, I would have said Stuart Dallas. Of course um, you would have. Because... Uh, oh, Northern Ireland! <laughs> <laughs> because Cookstown's finest export, other, other than the sausages, uh, has has been superb. Um, I think that'll just about do it for episode 65. Other little bits of news. Lawrence DeBock appears the likeliest of the outcasts. Um those out of favour and not training with the team and not in Bielsa's plans. He looks the likeliest to leave. There is some interest in him. There doesn't appear to be a great deal of interest in some of the others. Um, so how Leeds go about getting them off the books will be interesting to see. International break next week. Um, and we've got all sorts of plans for timeless content that you'll hopefully enjoy that is in no way related to football that's taking place because there is none taking place. Well, there is. One, well, just international just, football. Just not taking place in the right place. Um <laughs> As for the rest of today's content on the YP, uh, we've got some stuff from Barry Douglas. I've just put a piece up about Nathan Jones and a character trait that he sees in the Leeds United team that I don't think any other opposition manager has highlighted, um, but they queue up every week to say Leeds will go up and talk about how great they are. He did that. He also went a wee bit further. Do you think there's a negative aspect to that? Sorry. Just a negative aspect to the opposition managers. Just everyone... Like every single manager goes, yeah, they're bloody brilliant, aren't they? Well, it gives them an out. It gives them a. It's an easy thing for them to a, say. Bloody hell! Yeah, I mean, it's no, no, it's no surprise we lost. I mean, it's Leeds United; they're really good. Um, I don't think there's a negativity for, uh, for Leeds. It's just a lot of pressure. Anyway, Karen. Yeah, there is pressure, <laughs> but is there ever not pressure when you're Leeds United? No. <laughs> Thanks very much for joining us.